I'm going to feel really weird if like both me and you really like one and Jake's like nuts taste like shit. <laughs> <laughs> I've like, I was mentally preparing for either be, be in that scenario or being the odd one out <laughs> and having a fight for, for my taste preferences. I am learning a lot more tasting with Rob though. Oh yeah. When you get to work with a master. Yeah. This time. It helps. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> podcast about bourbon and the ones who drink it. This is Bourbon Matters. All right, welcome to Bourbon Matters. I'm Jake. I'm Dan. And we're joined today by Jake Sigelnick, yes, the yes. other Jake. Mm-hmm. Point the mic toward you. There we go. How about there, that? that's right, better. Um, Jake is the owner of Gold Eagle? Uh, my family, my dad and my brother and I. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, Gold Eagle's a local liquor store in Libertyville. Um, we've talked about them multiple times on the show. Uh, we go for a lot of the tasting events, um, blind tastings, and the master classes with different distilleries. Um, and Jake was kind enough to uh, come tonight, and uh, we've got some cool stuff that we're going to do. So no, I appreciate you guys having me. It's uh, going to be a fun night, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got a little surprise text the other day. We had every nice episode planned out, and then Jake's like, hey, would you guys like to do a Hop Creek barrel pick with me? Yeah. <laughs> Samples came at the right time. So. Yeah. <laughs> we He really had to fight us on it, I think. Yeah. We weren't overly excited about just <laughs> yeah, like... tasting single barrels from Knob Creek, but yeah. at the end of the day, it's for content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's for. Do anything for the gram, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so jake with barrel picks you guys do a lot of them i mean we there's do. always a lot i mean and we've helped out with some or been there when you've done some before right um how many barrel picks a year do you guys do uh last year was the first year that we officially counted and it was 48 so just barely shy of 50 picks um but the one thing that kind of gets left out that I think is a very valuable piece of information is how many barrels we say no to or turn down. Because uh, um, last year, I think the count was over 400 barrels <sighs> that we said no to. Wow. Um, a lot of times with picks, you get you know three samples in front of you. Uh, you're told to pick one. But if you really don't love one of them, uh, you know, we like to say no a lot and ask for a new set of samples, which uh, I think what sets us apart from a lot of other stores that do barrel picks. Um, we're very picky. If we're putting our name on it, it's going to be, uh, something that we can stand behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that definitely shows cause you guys pick like the best, <laughs> like <laughs> everything you guys have uh, that I've tried that you guys have picked has been phenomenal. So mm-hmm. Thank yeah, you. the track record definitely speaks for itself. Yeah. <laughs> and it shows too, because they, they're not at the store very long. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, we have certain picks that, obviously don't sell as fast as others. Um, but you know, it, I, I do feel like I can still stand behind them. Um, even if they aren't hyped up and even if they aren't flying out of the store, uh, they're still very good barrels. Uh, they just might be a brand that's smaller, not as known. Um, and we've recently found that a lot of times it's rye that doesn't sell as well. And I really believe that that's because people just haven't had the right rye and they might be scared of rye and they think it's overly spicy mm-hmm. um, and they're not as open to trying rye as they are bourbon. Uh, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say, though, some of my favorite ryes have been 
barrel proof rise. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of the ethanol cuts through for a little bit for me and gets rid of some of the rye spice that mm-hmm. not a huge fan on. But I've been slowly changing. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've been we've also been finding a lot of the more like floral rye, mm-hmm. and those are the ones that you seem to like actually enjoy, like flowers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah. So we will be doing a Knob Creek sampling, and you said you just got these in. I just got them yesterday. Uh. Yeah. That's when I messaged you about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how does that relationship work with Knob Creek? Because I know you've done quite a few with mm-hmm. them. Do you just say, "Hey, you're ready to do another single barrel pick," and they start sending? Um, it's it used to be that way. We could request samples whenever we want. Um, now Knob is kind of cutting back a little bit. Um, they actually paused the single barrel program for about a year during COVID. Um, I think that was more so to let things age and catch up. And uh, we saw them come out with 15 year and 18 year releases. So I think a lot of their Single barrels, you used to be able to find 15, 16-year Knob Creeks in the nine-year bottle. Um, you don't see those anymore. Every time we get samples, it's always nine years. Uh, but this would be our 10th barrel pick of Knob Creek, which is pretty exciting. And we do have a very good relationship with them. So, uh, you know, if I tell them, hey, we're, we want a Knob Creek barrel, um, within a couple months, they'll get us a sample kit. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I think mean, it's like Knob's not anything, you know. They're a major player. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> to say to do an understatement for sure. <laughs> is it getting? Do you think are? I guess the best way to ask is, are more people doing barrel picks that haven't done in the past? Do you think that's part of the issue too? Is that the demand for barrel picks is higher? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's very helpful when you get a whole barrel bourbon, you sell it out the same day. And I think a lot of other stores see that happening with stores like us. And there's plenty of other stores that do it as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a huge, uh, add to the business when you're doing that. And especially when you're picking good barrels and you can build a reputation and a name. Um, but that's all, there's also an issue there with other stores that might not have as good of a palate and, I'm not going to name any names, but I've had reps come to me and hand me samples and say, this store over here said, we don't even care to taste, just pick one and send us a barrel uh, just because it'll have our name on it and we can, you know, hopefully sell it faster than a Well, and they can mark it up by like 10 or 15 bucks. Yeah, as sometimes like you a, can mark it up a little know, bit more. Um, especially know. if they actually bottle it at barrel proof or right. something for right. you, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and the other impressive thing is, I know you guys had barrel picks sell out day in a day or within a mm-hmm. week without a problem. You guys are selling out of one store compared to some of the other places around here that have thirty or forty locations in the suburbs, right? Um, which is, and they split that up between all the stores, so yeah. they're getting a case or two, mm-hmm. where you guys are getting about forty cases per. Uh yeah, it kind of depends. I'd say the average is like high twenties. 20 you know six packs uh, about 180 bottles is like the average for a barrel depending on how old it is nice mm-hmm. so in terms of the ones we'll be sampling are they all well i guess i don't want to know too much all in the same year area or yes um i have the answer key uh we're not going to look at it till after because we'll do it blind so that we're not biased mm-hmm. when we're picking these um but uh two of them were the same age and one of them is about eight months older, um, but they're all nine year. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them, 
I noticed was from Warehouse One, which is the Booker's Warehouse, and that was our last barrel pick that we did from them uh, that we got a lot of really good feedback on. But that doesn't mean that this barrel is going to be as good. Yeah. Um, and I also noticed they were all on either the fifth or sixth floor, and Knob Creek has nine or ten-story rick houses, so that's pretty tall for mm. industry. And uh, so all right in the middle. So you're getting, you know, a good combination of flavors. They don't rotate their barrels. So should they should all be pretty balanced. Yeah. Thanks. And your last two barrel picks from Knob was a nine and a half year and a 10 year. Correct. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. The well, 10 was phenomenal. 10 was really good. I have the nine and a half. I haven't opened it yet, mm-hmm. though. <laughs> They're both really good. Um, we put them head to head in one of our last blind tastings. Yeah. And I think it was like two votes off the 10 year one, but they were very close. Yeah. So with these, we start on, we'll work from left to right, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah. However way you want to do it, just don't mix up the order that your glasses are in. Uh, yeah. Thank God Roberto's not here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a struggle every time we do a blind when, when tasting. We do, when we do a blind tasting, we will be sitting there and we'll be talking and Roberto's like, I don't smell or taste that. And We'll smell the other glass. Oh, no, no, I smell it. I think I rotated these around. <laughs> yeah. You had two, and you misplaced two of them. All right. Um, All right, yeah. you want to start with the first one? Then I'll ask you some questions in between sure. sips. Yeah, let's do cool. it. Mm-hmm. And I would definitely recommend, I know you guys aren't amateurs, but you know, taste a little from each glass and then go mm-hmm. back the opposite direction Yep. because uh, your palate will change after getting a little whiskey in the mouth. The good thing is I've had about six or seven different samples earlier today. Nice. <laughs> and actually, I also really like to nose them all first yeah. and then go in and taste. So I think I'm going to do that. So I'll start with uh, some questions. So uh, your store has been around for a long time, mm-hmm. right? I think 1933. 33. Yeah. Yeah, which is incredible mm-hmm. <laughs> by any like <laughs> by any metric. Yeah, um so what's the history of your family and the Gold Eagle brand? So uh my great grandfather actually started the first store, uh, and we don't have the official paperwork for this, but the story has always been that he got the third liquor license that Chicago issued after Prohibition and the store opened the day after Prohibition ended. Um there's also stories that he had ties with Al Capone and the mob and whatnot. But, uh, again, I wish there was more documentation on this stuff. We don't even know why the store is called Gold Eagle. Um, huh. <laughs> it just kind of kind of happened. And growing up, I wasn't part of the business really at all, and I never really thought I would get a part of it. So I didn't get to ask my grandfather as many questions as I probably wished I would have. Um, but it started in the city, uh, corner of Clark and Van Buren, and over the years kind of moved our way out to the burbs and 15 years ago we still had three or four stores um libertyville was always the biggest one it's always done the best and it was just too much work for my dad and my grandfather to watch over all the stores so they just decided let's sell a couple off um, and just make the store as best as we can thanks um so when did you actually like start getting your hands in everything uh it's been on just under six years oh wow five okay. and a half years ago mm-hmm. i was actually living in california at the time uh selling solar and uh, oh, okay yeah and just had a phone call with my dad one day and he kind of mentioned that you know he 
didn't really want to work too much longer, uh, was thinking about eventually retiring. And then it sort of hit me like, Hey, if I want to get involved and keep this family legacy going, like now's the time, uh, more than ever. And part of the reason why I went out to California, cause I knew if I ever did get involved in the business, uh, it would be impossible to leave. So yeah, I got my experience while I could yeah. elsewhere. <laughs> um, so I'll skip my second question and come back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so since we're, uh, doing a barrel pick, um, what, what do you normally look for when you're going to do a barrel pick? Is, or is there anything? Uh, yeah, there definitely is. Um, I like to, I mean, it, you know, me, I like to get kind of nerdy with all the different tasting notes and describe what I'm tasting. But at the end of the day, it's really about, do you like this pour or not? Um, and when I'm doing a barrel pick, I kind of like to go through them at a pretty decent pace while the last sip is still on my palate and I don't really know how to describe it, but I can just tell this is the barrel. And most of the time the room is with you. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, my palate is best of the best. It's definitely not. Um, but, uh, I, I I do like to do it with other people and get other opinions and kind of talk through it. Um, just to see where everyone else's head's at, because depending on what I had for lunch, um, if I had another pour of whiskey before this, that could alter what I'm tasting. Yeah. So, um, at the end of the day, you're trying to sell it. So, yeah, (laughs) right. I mean, you need to, it's, it's not just my favorite whiskey. I need to make sure that it's a whiskey that, you know, everyone's going to like. And, uh, also try to remember exactly what I'm tasting and experiencing so that when we get the whiskey in the bottles, um, you know, we can market it to the right customer. Uh, if it's a more mellow, smoother whiskey, uh, lower proof, you know, that's more for a beginner, um, and kind of can explain those tasting notes. And if it's uh, barrel proof, um, intense and just hits you hard, then, you know, it's more for your connoisseur. Um, and so you need to know how to market it the right way in that sense. Um, so, you know, we talked a little bit about, um, the process for like getting barrel picks, you know, Mm -hmm. um, in the case of knob, you know, you said that they kind of just send you something, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or, or ask you if you're ready for another one or, Mm -hmm. um, so have you ever, um, turned down anything without sampling it? Uh, no and yes i mean most of the time i'm gonna give it a fair chance and sample it um but the one scenario that i usually do turn down uh especially as of lately is younger mgp okay just because every distillery now can pretty much get their hands on mgp yeah um and we have a really good relationship with Jepson's distillery mm-hmm. and they have a lot of MGP barrels and they're charging way below what most other distilleries are charging. So the way I look at that is I don't, you know, if you, if you have a six year MGP and you're charging suggested retail of $70 a bottle, um, why am I going to taste your samples and pick one of those when I can go to Jepson's anytime 
taste a six year, pick a six year. Um, and their retail price right now is $40 a yeah. bottle. So, um, <clears throat> that's the only case where I, I have said, no, like we don't want the samples. Um, just cause I know it's the same whiskey, just in a different label and right. the price doesn't make sense. Um, so you can be as vague as you want to with mm. this one. <laughs> so how do you guys handle distributors and like allocated product? So like we've talked to some other like liquor store owners and you know, it seems like there's a constant struggle trying to get the allocated product from the distributors. And, you know, they seem to want to always favor the Benny's or the, um, you know, liquor barn or whatever, like the big guys who, you know, buy, you know, 10, 20, 30, 50 times more product than a smaller store, you know? Um, so how do you kind of, or even do you fight for those like allocated bottles? Um, if it's something that's kind of new coming out, um, then yes, I'll, you know, ask my rep and kind of be on them about it. Uh, but if it's something like a Sazerac Buffalo Trace item, no, never ask. And I won't waste my time asking, um, cause they do a pretty good job. Those bigger companies of automatically allocating it out. And no matter what you say or do is not really going to change where they distribute those products. So it's just okay. not really worth worrying about. Yeah. Um, and we're also lucky that we are a, a pretty big store. So we do move a lot of volume of your everyday products. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure the way the allocations are set is they'll cut a certain amount uh, for your jewels and your grocery stores. They'll cut a certain amount for, hate to say their name, but Binnie's. Um, and then the rest is for independence. Okay. And then I, I feel like compared to other independents, we do get taken care of on a lot of the allocated stuff. Cause we do move a lot of, you know, regular shelf items for them. Yeah. So, so kind of a follow up to that is, um, when you guys do get allocated product, you just post it on Instagram and it's first come first serve. Yeah. Um, which is not the norm in the industry, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> most most stores are trying to hide that for their special customers mm-hmm. or they're trying to mark it up to crazy prices. Yeah. Um, so what drives you guys to sell it, one, at retail, and two, uh, at, in like a equitable way, mm-hmm. I guess? Non-biased way. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, there's kind of a few different ways how we decide where those products go so, uh portion goes to the bar and we believe uh you know putting the bottles at the bar at a good price that way people can actually try it and find it and see if they really like it um most of it yes does get posted on social media and i think the thought process there is we want to be as transparent as possible with people um you know i when i first started working there this is five or six years ago Uh, We had two floor managers that had been there for 30 years, and it was, I can't even tell you how many people, what's in the back room, what's in the back room, what's in the back room, and it was just annoying. You wanted to beat your head against the wall. Like, Well, you have the uh, chalkboard with uh, Pappy. (laughs) Which we stopped putting tallies on there like three years ago. (laughs) ran out of space. Yeah, but I mean, it really should be like a Blanton's tally or a Weller tally now, because nobody really asks for Pappy anymore. They know it's... You're not not going to get get it. it. You're not going to find it. Um, But it, it was just like... in 
when I came to the store, this was before I knew really about bourbon or whiskey or anything. Um, I was a, you know, cheap beer, uh, Lagunitas IPA drinker, um, you know, whatever handle was on sale for spirits. Uh, so I've definitely changed a lot in the last six years with my drinking habits. Um, but it was it was definitely mind blowing to see how many people would come in the store and not even take a look at the shelf, just ask what's on the back. And at that point, you could have something like an E. H. Taylor on the shelf, and there's certain people that won't want it just because it's on the shelf, and they just want something that's in the <laughs> right. back just to feel special that they got something <clears throat> special. Right. Um. So that was uh. Yeah, that was that that kind of made me think like you know being put myself in a customer standpoint. Um, you know, one, I don't want to wait in line. Uh, two, I don't want to have to, you know, beg someone or, you know, ask someone to grab me something out of the back. Um, I just would want a store to be transparent. So that's what we try to do. And then obviously posting that stuff does get more followers. Um, and the more followers we have is pretty much just more free marketing for us. We can post and hit a lot more people at one time. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I'm a big fan of transparency Mm -hmm. from, from companies on, you know, like any, anything, um, you know, we talk a lot on on the show about distilleries that are transparent with their mash bills or their blends. Um, I think it's a like fantastic trend in the industry. Um, and it's like, I think it's uh in in this day and age I don't think it's particularly beneficial to hide your mash bill and keep it a secret. Right. Um I think anybody that has like done a tasting or like drinks whiskey regularly knows that you're never going to be able to produce the same thing twice. Right. regardless of what your secret recipe is or where you put it, you know, in a warehouse yeah, or whatever. Everything. Yeast. Oh, so a huge yeah, difference. Right. Yeah. I mean, most people aren't going to care about yeast. What's in the, right. Most, mm-hmm. most novel or most, well, your high, high end bourbon drinkers are probably going to know some of your yeast varieties. Yeah. I, I think we're getting to a point to an industry where distilleries are realizing that, the customers want transparency. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're, we're starting to see a lot more transparency from all these different distilleries and you have to, because there's so many distilleries out there. Um, yeah, you know, you have to do what the customer wants. And it's like a distinguishing factor too. Right. You know, cause I mean, there's so many of the legacy distilleries mm-hmm. that like, it's like the closely guarded family secret that's like stashed in a safe within a safe within a safe. Yeah, that, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. two people in the entire company know the mash right. bill and like, you know, it, where if you come out and say like, no, here it is, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's a, it's interesting, yeah. especially for avid, uh, you know, drinkers because you can start to actually understand like where the flavors are being driven from. Right from the different components in the mash bill, which is cool. You know? Yeah. And to Dan's point, like you can't recreate it. You can use the same grain. You can use the same, you know, recipe, uh, mash bill, same barrel, same char. Um, 
But if you're not putting that barrel in the exact location, and even if you are putting that barrel in the exact location, you're still probably going to get a different end result at the end of the aging. Yeah. So. I mean, if it was that easy, if it was just a recipe, it's not like cooking where it's a recipe and these ingredients of this type. Right. If it was that easy, everyone would have a pappy killer. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. There, right. There, no, pappy wouldn't have a name because yeah, everyone would have something just as good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, these, I'm already starting to get some favorites out of this. Are you? Yeah. yeah. I haven't tried the third one yet, so I guess I can't say for sure, but I definitely know. I've got my two. noses nailed mm-hmm. in which ones I, I like the best. Yeah. It's it. It's interesting that all three on the nose are completely different on the nose. They are very different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they are different on the palate as well, uh, but they're all very good. There's usually with a barrel pick like this, there's one that you can just rule out um, and then end up re-blinding the other two. But I found that these are all good barrels. I'd be happy with any of them. There's there's one that's a little bit less. There is favorable. one, yeah, for me that's a little bit less. Well, this is going to be interesting. See, we're all going to have a less favorable one. It's all going to be a different one. <laughs> Everyone on the count of three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm behind. I've I've only tried one. Yeah. <laughs> I've kind of taken a little nip at each one. Um, but what I need to do is go back and focus more on the finish on this mm-hmm. round. But we can discuss if you guys want to discuss what we're thinking. Um, I never think that that's a bad idea. Yeah, because you I mean, might be picking up one note that you really don't like, and then once you say it, I might taste it and be like, "Yeah, you know, yeah. I get that too. I don't like that." Um, so I, I do think it's good to have like an open discussion during a barrel pick once everyone has a chance to form their own opinions. Yeah, it's always fun too to see the blind. Like that's been one of the most fun things we do is the blind tastings at at your store, mm-hmm. um, and especially when uh, it was like one of my favorite things. With, um, like, because you always throw a unicorn in there, too. Like, mm-hmm. you'll always throw in something that's really hard to find or something that everyone wants or thinks they want, and then you'll just blindly <clears throat> throw it in there against something else. Yeah. And What and, killed me was, uh, I think it was the first blind tasting that we went to. You had a, uh Eagle Rare up against something else. Russell Tenure. Well, yeah, the Russell Tenure. Mm-hmm. And I would have bet any amount of money that the Eagle Rare was a rye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you are hardcore on that, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when when you said it was Eagle Rare, I was like, I don't know how I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, blind tastings are the way to go. You have to taste blind. It's uh, definitely an equalizer. Yeah, it is. Um, it's very, very easy to get influenced on what you're tasting if you know what it is. Um, if someone pulls out that unicorn bottle, you're going to be so excited to taste it. Your mind is already made up that mm-hmm. you're, that you like that pour. Um, and it's, it's been very eye opening for myself too. Um, I'll be honest, E.H. Taylor was a bourbon that I thought was very good and worth all the hype. Um, and I'm not really into many of those hyped up bottles maybe just because i get asked for it so much and (laughs) bang my head against the wall uh but eh taylor was the one where i was like you know this is actually pretty good i like it um and then but doing it blind it lost pretty easily to wild turkey 101 and old granddad bonded in our blind tastings and i knew what they were but tasting them side by side 
I do believe the Wild Turkey 101 was better and the Old Granddad was better. Um, and the, I thought the Wild Turkey was very similar. They tasted almost identical. Huh. But We've been, every once in a while, uh, at the place I'm working part-time at a distillery, we'll do a fun game where people will bring in a bunch of bottles. And we'll just start off with a bunch of blind pours. And it's find the rye based off of mm. nose. And when you're tasting a rye, you, you think you know it's easy to tell a rye. When you have one mixed among six, it's yeah. not nearly as easy as you would think. Right. Just by just by nose in a glass to find a rye. And especially because, you know, every bottle of rye can be so different. Yeah. Uh, especially rye because you have your floral rye, you have your minty rye, you have your spicy rye. Um, so there's a lot of variation when it comes to rye. Yeah. You finished your first. Yeah, I'm going to run back through real quick. Oh, geez. <laughs> I think... In terms of nose, one is for me is extremely smooth and pleasant on the nose. A is my favorite nose. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm off on that one then. I get a lot corn funk out of it. But nose, you know, it doesn't always mean it's the best barrel, obviously. Yeah. Um, and I've had, you know, the best nose ends up being the worst barrel um, plenty of times and vice versa. Uh, and I think it really comes down to palette and finish more than yeah. nose. You want yeah. it to line up, but at the mm. end of the day, palette and finish is more, you know, definitely yeah. weighs more than the nose. What about you, Jake? Any noses sticking out to you? Um, I like B. That's what my favorite nose was. But B is also like the most mild out of all of them. Yeah, I would say so. Why did you guys like the nose on B? I had a lot of vanilla on B. Um, yeah, it's... There's, there's like some kind of funk in the other two. This one doesn't have it. So this is why it's good to discuss. Right. Because going back and nosing them all again, I I get a little bit of ethanol on A that I didn't really get the first time. I still think there's a little more going on on the nose on there, A. There definitely that's probably is. why I like yeah. it. Um, but I do get a little bit of ethanol notes that come through, and that's probably what was off-putting to you guys. For yeah. for me, B, it's not like it's a, anything stands out about it. It's just very mellow vanilla scent. That's all I'm really yeah. getting out of it. Like, you mm-hmm. don't get hardly any ethanol no, you at don't. all, mm-hmm. none of the esters out of it. I'm a, I'm a bad person to talk to about the nose because my allergies are so bad. I usually can't pick I, anything I was going to say, I'm... <laughs> coming off of a little cold so mine might be a little thrown off but i think it's gonna go in a different order too when i go back through just i'm not drinking the same ones this is interesting this is difficult these are difficult and you guys were at uh our master class when we picked the whiskey acres barrel right yeah yes so i think that was i mean there was one barrel that completely dominated yeah the other barrels and we'll go into that more in the i don't think episode, i picked but... it any of the times really? <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was it like, was it was my it was second like, favorite from the start it was like 24 votes to three so you must have been one of the three yeah. <laughs> uh which the guy from whiskey acres nick was also one of the three really so. Uh, that doesn't yeah, I I don't remember specifically about like that sample, mm-hmm. 
there was something that I really like a certain note that I really liked in that one yeah. that the other one didn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, like we went back and tried the the pick, mm-hmm. and I was like, eh, you can't be mad about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really good, you know. Yeah. But like, it is way different though when you're trying things back to back and trying to compare three like outstanding, you know, right. samples. Mm-hmm. You know, it it is tough. Yeah. Sorry, I'm the nerd, so I got to type my notes down for. <laughs> I, I know that number two is my least favorite palette. Why? Um, it's the least complex out of the three, in my opinion. Like the number one and number three have like. I I personally like like uh like deeper darker kind of notes mm-hmm. like the tobacco and like leather you like a higher level yeah those two seem to have that and the the middle does not yeah number two uh i get a lot of the ethanol up front and then it kind of just goes away and you get a lot of the vanilla and the chewiness on the knob creek and the oak coming in on the back but it's a very very mellowed out finish yeah yeah um it, just like a not, spike up front and then you're just calm it, and it mellow. goes quick yeah it, um, it kind of dissipates a little bit which would be more and i'm not ruling it out completely but would be more of like a beginners yeah that, there's it's a very just smooth nothing mm-hmm. just stands out about it it's just yeah. a very smooth easy drinking that's yeah I mean, like no, <clears throat> Which, that's what there's I nothing would, wrong with that, but if you're doing a barrel pick, you usually probably want something that stands out a little right, more than right. Than like that. that's what I would expect a normal off the shelf Knob Creek mm-hmm. Nine to taste like. Yeah, where like number three and number one have what I would normally attribute to like much older mm-hmm. whiskeys. Number one is chewy, um, and that's if if I had to pick five bourbons to drink for the rest of my life one of them would definitely be knob creek bookers um that flavor profile because i love how chewy the oak is and you get a Mm. lot of sweetness but also like the oak just lingers and it hits the side of your mouth and just dances there for a couple minutes after you taste it and that's what i get in one so if you can't tell, one is probably my favorite. <laughs> but. I, I get almost on one, not that it's a bad thing, and I don't know the better way to describe it either, is I get it with Penelope too. It's almost like a little solvent flavor solvent. In it, in the, on the palate. Not on the nose, but on the palate I get just a little bit. But then it makes me think of Penelope. Like a chemically kind of Kind of. Thing. But I've also did a lot of cleaning today, so it just could be. <laughs> yeah, I think I think two is is a good whiskey, a good bourbon. But I don't think it's if I was going to do a barrel pick, I'd want something that stands out more than that. Yeah, I really like two as a drink. That two would be Roberto's uh, Netflix. On a Tuesday night, yeah. whiskey. <laughs> the any any time whiskey. Yeah. 
But again, there's nothing special about it that I'm. I know what you're saying about number one and like the chewy yeah. type and of thing. Yeah. I just went back and tasted three and like three hits right down the center of my palate. Um, and I, I, I get a lot more spice and I really like it, but it's very different than one. One is all on the side and you get a lot of that chewy oak, but three is like a lot of spice. Yeah. There's a lot more that like. And three, um, three lingers. For a long time, yeah. yeah. A very long time. One has a lot of, like, wood notes. Like, not necessarily just the, like, charred oak, but, like, wood in general. Right. Um, And it does feel, like, more syrupy in, like, its consistency than the other two. What's funny is just as you said syrupy, I was smelling it, and I was going to say I'm getting more syrup on three. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, three, I mean, three is... I'm still, t- it's been about a minute since I've sipped three and it's still going. And now I'm kind of getting the flavor spreading to the back sides of my palate. Uh, it's, it's a journey. Yeah. Like it's, it's a, it's it, a journey. It definitely carries for like a solid minute after right. like you're done sipping. And that's for sure something that, I'm looking for when doing a barrel pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially as I mean, right now it's still 70 degrees out and it's mid November, but <laughs> Saturday when it's 30 degrees again, yeah, <laughs> I want that. I want that to sit there and linger for a minute. So I stay yeah. warm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think we're at two minutes now since my last sip, but I'm still tasting it and the mid palate's gone away, but it's still hanging out on the back sides. I'm a minute in a mine and it's still yeah. mid palate. Mm-hmm. And it changes. It's yeah. That's that's why I said it's a journey, and I think that's uh something special to look for. Let's go back to B because that's the only <laughs> thing I have left in my glass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm basically down to that. That was gonna be my palate cleanser. Was yeah. the last one just to give very. It's... Very peanutty on the nose. Uh, B, uh, pull out the cheat sheet here. B doesn't have much of a finish. No, B, there's not. I mean, it's a very quick. It hits hard and yeah. then it's gone. I don't get much in the back either. It's like it's a little all kind of it's like a little front. jab. It hits you right up front, and then there's nothing. It doesn't sit there and hurt anymore. Yeah. Just... B is the one that I wanted us to pick. Uh, that was the the Booker's, Booker's. Warehouse, oh. Warehouse one, um, but it's good that we didn't know that going into this because it's definitely lacking compared to the other two. Yeah, um, I mean, like like I said, it's like uh, what you'd expect. Yeah, you know, type mm-hmm. of right. thing, beginner um, whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I, I think you definitely got to be careful when you get something that comes out of that Booker's Warehouse because why aren't they using it for Booker's? Right. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. Which is not always the case. We saw our last 10 year one was really good. Yeah. Um, But um, I don't think there's anything wrong with B. No, there's definitely nothing wrong with it. And if I got a bottle, I wouldn't be upset. Yeah. Um, But compared to these other two, there's just not as much going on. No. There's just a little bit left of three, and I think I can lick it out of the glass. Well, good news is I think we're leaning towards picking that one, and if we do, there'll be plenty of bottles to go around. 
I if if I was picking out of these three, I think that would be three would be my pick on these. I just love the finish of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one I, one doesn't have has a better finish than two, but it's also very short. Yeah, and it's more of that chewy oak on the side palette. Yeah, and I think which like the the wood you know is like uh it comes through, but it doesn't stay very mm-hmm. long. You know. Yeah, and two now that I went back and tried it, it has the spice that three has, but it has nowhere near the depth. And uh, like we said, that journey that three takes you on being able to taste it for a minute, two minutes, three minutes after just a little tiny sip. Yeah. Yeah. Now that my gla- three is empty and I just smell an empty glass, I've been getting more char off of the, yeah. And yeah, two's, just gone for me after a minute of tasting there's nothing left i'm not tasting anything um so yeah i think uh i don't know what do you guys think i think we might have our winner yeah yeah i think three is three well that was simple there's no fighting there or anything <laughs> no yeah mm-hmm. that's why it's good to talk it out yeah i was scared at first <laughs> <laughs> see no. see you were scared i have no problem being wrong and admitting it mm-hmm. well that's that's the difference and the, the other thing too is when you're doing a barrel pick you can't be wrong there's no wrong right, answer yeah. even if you are a beginner to whiskey it's whatever you like um you know obviously this is a little different because we're picking for a store and for the masses but we still want the best barrel um and i think after talking through it, we all agreed that three was the best barrel. Um, so pretty excited for this one. Yeah, I, I agree with almost everything there, but except for when you said that you can't be wrong you because if you be. if you did a mellow corn barrel pick, <laughs> I would say you're wrong. You guys love mellow corn. No, Roberto, Roberto, Roberto loves mellow corns. <laughs> well, he's not here to defend himself. I know. Yeah. That's, that's why I'm going to throw that out there. Don't ever do a mellow. If it has a twist off cap, don't do uh-huh. a barrel pick up. What if, what if it was twenty dollars retail? Well, the price. Jepsons has a twist off. Well, the Jepsons yeah. has. Well, I guess Weller Special Reserve and twelve year twist off caps. Yeah. Yeah. Don't hate the twist off. <laughs> if it's I mean, bright yellow, you can hate it. You know, there's you're you're never gonna run into an issue with a twist off bottle. With a cork bottle, the cork might crumble and you might run into an issue. It's so, true. Yeah. It's true. Nice. But, so don't hate Dan. <laughs> I still will. <laughs> Roberto can't fend off mellow corn, so we're just gonna talk shit about it. All right, well, wanna wrap up the barrel pick episode here yeah so uh do you want to read off the card for this one Sure. yeah so uh let's see you see here floor six rick number two uh which means the second row inside so it was near a window um which is always very interesting because it gets the intense intense uh heat in the summertime some sunlight probably hits it warms it up even more then in the wintertime, it gets the extreme cold because uh, all their windows are open. Yeah. And that would that kind of tracks for me. Yeah. Because you get a lot of really deep flavors in that mm-hmm. one. Right. Um, tier 1, uh, and it was barreled on October 3rd, 2013. So it is just barely a nine-year. Okay. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. 
And then the process at this point, so then after you decide what you want, you let Knob Creek know. It probably takes a few weeks for them to get that barrel into production for bottling. Yeah, I'll let them know we want this one. Um, and they usually, like most distilleries, want an answer ASAP. Yeah. Um, which is kind of annoying, but, I mean, it makes sense because they have a lot of samples going out. Um, and it's more annoying when a distillery sends one sample out to multiple places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so at least here, you know, they want an answer because they want to reuse that sample somewhere if you say no to it. Um, but yeah, so I'll get them the answer tonight, probably after we're done. Um, they'll submit it and probably bottle within the next month, ship it to us. I'm guessing early January, but you never know. Especially right. these days, yeah, um, could be a month. It could also be nine months. Um, but I'm guessing <laughs> probably January, February. Yeah. We'll see. Well, I mean, if they're going to wait nine months, they might as well let it keep aging. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean that's always nice too. Um, and I've told distilleries that, but it's they don't care. It's whenever their production schedule <laughs> yeah. in bottling it, they'll get it bottled. So, now, does this go straight to you, or does it have to go through distribution? Uh, it has to go through distributor. So, but as soon as like the day the distributor gets it, they want it out of their warehouse. Yeah. Right. They're going to be telling us to take it in a barrel like this nine year, uh, suggested retail price right now is $65. So as long as that doesn't change, um, I think that's a really good price for a nine year, 120 proof single barrel. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's something that we want right away as soon as it hits the distributor and get it out to our customers. Yeah. This will be a perfect midwinter whiskey yeah oh yeah so mm-hmm. yeah that'll hit right at the right It'll time if, if we get it in january yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah awesome well jake uh we talked about it earlier with when you guys get the good stuff in you normally throw it right up on social mm-hmm. where can people find you on social uh so instagram uh gold eagle wine um actually i should uh yeah gold eagle wine that, but I think I'm pretty I sure that. you're right too. I, <laughs> yeah. I looked at it up too. Because uh, the Facebook's different. The Facebook's like Gold Eagle something else, Gold Eagle Spirits or something. But if you search Gold Eagle Wine and Spirits, uh, either platform, you'll find it. Um, as soon as we get this barrel in, we'll post it up. I'll probably post this podcast episode too because this was pretty cool. Um, just so everyone can see the process going through the pick. Um, and yeah, we have, uh, an online store as well. We have an app that you can download on the app store, uh, yeah, which is Play fantastic. I use it all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so as soon as it goes up for sale, it'll be available online and also in the store and first come first serve. So, yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Roberto is not here. So yeah, Roberto's so. not here. So I'll cover, yeah, uh, you can watch us on YouTube. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple podcasts, Amazon, um, most every place that you can listen to us, uh, we're, we're there. Uh, make sure you like, rate, subscribe, leave a comment, um, review all that fun stuff. Yeah, that's it, right? Well, yeah, Instagram, <laughs> YouTube. I think Instagram. Better. Yeah, follow us on Instagram uh, at Bourbon Matters. Send us an email, bourbonmatters at gmail dot com. Go to our website, bourbonmatterspodcast dot com. All the episodes are on the website. Uh, they will be tomorrow <laughs> or Saturday. I'm sorry, I've been gone six days. Just a go week. to YouTube. Just go to YouTube. Don't be lazy. Yeah, go to YouTube. But who goes to websites now? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> the only reason they can go there is to the donate button, and that buddy's always up. Yeah. <laughs>
I think we've still made one dollar off the donate button. Right? And that was me <laughs> testing it out. <laughs> We're good. All right. Uh, so. Next week, uh, we're going to be with Jake again uh, because we're going to record this <laughs> the same night. <laughs> but uh, we're going to talk about Whiskey Acres, and uh, we're going to try the barrel pick that we did at uh, Gold Eagle um, and maybe a couple other fun surprises. So Cool. Sounds yeah. good. All right. See you guys next week. See you. Thanks, guys. Oh, we got a cheers. Oh. Oh, cheers. Oh, right glass. That didn't work. That was terrible. <laughs>